Welcome to the Photography Brothers Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Costa. Uh, I take photos and stuff. Um, sometimes I put it in record mode and I record video as well. Um, but uh, somebody else who also is aware of these features on the camera is my co-host, Jared Poirier. I am a photographer and a videographer here in Toronto, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, in your eyeballs, in your ears, talking about photography, and I am pumped. I am pumped, let me just say, to get into this week's episode with my man, Michael Costa. Likewise, likewise. Now, in this show, we tackle a topic, we tackle a news story, but before we get into that, we gotta intro this show like we have been intro the show proper proper which you screwed up by the way you're not supposed to say welcome at the beginning it just you know (laughs) it's 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 personal habit with my own content i do apologize but uh, but i do think the audience is in for uh something here that that's going to uh, uh reward them for listening to my terrible intro okay <laughs> listening all the way through to it now sydney i'm so excited i get to say this this time sydney cool, i need eh? you to to cut the audio right now my boy jared has something he'd like to share go michael it's your birthday we're gonna podcast like it's your birthday we're gonna record a podcast like it's your birthday and we don't care if it isn't your birthday it's in september michael (laughs) it's his birthday oh right right. it's my birthday so subscribe but also next week it'll be my birthday so if you're watching next week and you haven't subscribed subscribe and then the next week and then the week after that um it's kind of like when you you go to a restaurant and you're like it's my birthday can i have my drinks covered Mm -hmm, or can mm -hmm. i have a free dessert um yeah your birthday is in september right (laughs) Sorry? Yeah, September, baby, man. I'm a oh, Virgo really, at dude. the very last day of Virgo. September you? September what and the year? 22nd, and it is 1994. Oh, September 10th, uh, 1990 was when your brother Jared was born, man. Oh, so you're September Just, baby you know, too. I'm a September baby. So Virgos, let's go. Yeah, Virgos unite. Yeah. Virgos unite, podcasters unite, and uh, and photographers unite, and that's uh, yes. that's what we're doing here on the Photography Brothers. I believe we've got uh, a great topic today. I know that we have a great news story. Uh, at least I hope it was worth it because I've researched this news story so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So but, uh, uh, we do have a t- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into it uh, in a moment here. We're gonna be talking about uh, crypto art um, for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think people are gonna be into it, um, and uh, and it's gonna be some pretty hardcore stuff. But we but before we get into all of that, uh, Michael Costa has a excellent topic for everybody here, and I was very. Uh, very intrigued, very intrigued when I heard uh, of this beautiful topic. So what do we have for our listeners today, Michael? Today, um, uh, we are going to be speaking to a topic that's very relevant to me. 
because it's something that I struggle with. And um, I think I'm going to open up with the story and then it'll kind of become very clear where the topic is. So last week on Wednesday, I was um, I was late to to a, a client gig. Um, I think it was one of those things where, you know, I could have managed my time a bit better. I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with, especially in the beginning. But sometimes, you know, it's just uh, it's an ongoing issue that you kind of got to work towards. And I think that's something we're going to want to cover today. But basically, you know, I was running late. And when I got there, I was filled with anxiety. I felt like I wasn't going to get the best uh, best work possible. And I think there's something to touch on in regards to time management and being on time, but when also you're not on time, what are you going to do to ensure that you're not going through that anxious feeling and basically, you know, substituting, you know, that creative vision with like rushed work. Um, so yeah, I thought maybe we could start off by going over again, that time management piece, and then we can transition into, uh, what do you do when you're, when you are late? Um, so Jared, my, my dude, do you yeah. have any suggestions for time management? Uh, for sure. Or, uh, just like ways to avoid being late. That's definitely something that I want to get into. I think before we even talk about that though, maybe we can okay. talk about what causes us to be late. Like the times that we have been late and that it's going to happen to, uh, to everybody at, at one point or another, not just photographers, yeah. not just creatives, but anybody anywhere, uh, will end up being late from time to time, yeah. right? It's going to happen. So we got to be, yeah. we got to be ready and, uh, we got to, we got to find some solutions and we will dig into those in a minute. But I think before we even do that, like I want to get into what, what are the causes of being late? Right. And, uh, some things yep. that I was thinking about a little bit before the podcast, uh, like you definitely touched on, you know, scheduling and, uh, and being organized and stuff like that. Um, but I think another one is just trying to do too much stuff, right? Like the times that I've been late have definitely been those times where I like started a whole bunch of projects. Like I started editing a video and I started, uh, doing my dishes and mm. <laughs> like, uh, I still had to walk my dog or whatever. And then I had to like, uh, grab my camera bag and like run out the door. Right. So I think we can yeah. give, um, some advice on like both of those fronts as well as just like, you know, being present in what you're doing. I think the times that I've been late as well as when I got like caught up in doing something right where I'm like, again, sitting at my computer and maybe I'm noodling around on my guitar or something like that. Uh, and that's what's causing me to be rushing uh, out the door at the last minute. Do you think that I covered it there or there are some other things? I mean, maybe I'm the only person who like takes on too many projects and tries to do too much stuff. But <laughs> that's well, no, definitely. I, I think I know where you want to. No, no, like not definitely you're alone. I mean, definitely that's a that's a <laughs> I'm common definitely thread alone. as well. That was last you week's are episode. alone. That was last. That week's is. Episode. So check that out. Um, all the platforms, you know, um, but, uh, I think the other element of that, you I mean, you mentioned, you know, grabbing your camera bag. I mean, I think there's a, a lack of preparedness sometimes too, right? Like, mm, nice. Did yeah. you, you know, is everything ready to go? Um, you know, and then e even a level down from that is, you know, are your cards cleared and ready to go or your batteries charged? Um, so I think there's that general preparedness to even just pick up that bag and go as well. Right. Um, I think another element of it is communication based. So, um, you know, and I don't, 
I'm trying to think of how I can mention this without just going deep into the solution. But I think, um, you know, uh, communication with the client and having that ongoing uh, and, and having that understanding of um, of times and, and if things have changed and, and, and that as well. So I think communication is something that you got to keep going uh, through as well. It's not just, you know, last month you set you set it. And then you, you just kind of try and show up at that time. I, I think that there's an element there of preparedness as well. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, yeah, having that preparedness and having that open line of communication, uh, being more organized, whether that's just like having uh, a daily schedule on your phone that you're going through or, you know, any journaling and stuff like that can be uh, can be very, very helpful as well. And this this is important stuff. Like, I guess it sounds a little bit boring because it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to use Google Calendar or uh, I don't want to use Asana is another really good uh, scheduling tool that I recommend uh, that you guys use. But at the end of the day, it is super important and it's worth your time and it is going to help you out a lot because like Michael is saying, the especially with this uh, story here, like I'm, I'm glad that he's bringing a personal story to the topic. I love that when it's like based on that and something that really happen in in your life man and, and that we get to address that here and like this is how i've kind of felt as well like what you were expressing a little earlier on is like the the feeling of stress the feeling of shame even right yeah instead yeah. instead of being focused like um when i've been late to gigs like you can't even you you find the organizer who you're working for and stuff and you like you don't even want to look them in the eye right because you're yeah. late and, <laughs> and and yeah, it's really up. Yeah. it's really the opposite of uh of how you want to feel when you're on a shoot right exactly yeah um what do you think we dive into some some uh, hard solutions some ways that people can avoid uh being late first are you ready for that yeah man let's do it let's do it let's do it so to quote one of my favorite content creators um he hasn't unfortunately been creating for a little while now which is uh, again very unfortunate but his name is andrew kearns you may have heard of him if you're a photographer or a lover of video um in the in the platform on youtube kind of speaking to that so uh, one thing he said in one of his videos was, um, you know, current you should always be helping future you. So, you know, one thing we touched on earlier uh, in the conversation was, you know, packing your camera bag. Um, so, you know, if you have your gig tomorrow and you have to set up your lights, you're going to have to bring, you know, maybe a gimbal, your camera, whatever it is, even if it's just what's going to fit in your bag, you need to be doing that latest, probably the night before Mm -hmm. You go and do that thing. So clear your cards, clear everything. And that way you can pick it up. Also, when you're picking up your camera bag and leaving the house, you know that you're also prepared. There's not like a, an additional scent, uh, piece of, of anxiety that could be distracting on the way to over. You know, did I do this? Did I do that? You know, set up your checklist, set everything up. Um, you know, in general, that's one tip there. Um, another tip I did want to give was, um, you know, make a list, uh, like I just mentioned, make a list of the things that you're bringing, um, because, you know, in advance, so that way you pack, you make sure that you pack everything that you're going to need, and then you don't have to go back to get it if it's a super necessary item, right? If you're going to try and get some super stable footage and you have a gimbal and that was part of the plan, you're not going to be able to do your handheld or set it up on your tripod. Or yeah. if you're trying to do stable footage, you don't want to be setting up a, a book 
uh, a book tripod. <laughs> you all know what I mean? Yeah. In front of yeah. the client, right? <laughs> um, so there's that hey, man, element I've of got, it as well. I've got my camera on a book tripod right now, so... <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that man we you know when you're at home and you're making your content and whatever that's cool you just don't want to be doing that in front of the client <laughs> it's true um, no, you're you're right you're yeah. right man i i do have uh, a personal story here as well if i can jump Please. in with that that i think like really well uh illustrates the point here about like being uh being prepared and uh and having a checklist as well because a checklist is something that you and i use for this very podcast right so that's, that's definitely yeah. uh, an important thing. But a checklist definitely would have saved me in this situation as well uh, with one of my clients, uh, that uh, restaurant client that I do live streams for. Um, basically, we had my camera that we were using as a webcam. And uh, basically, I wanted to get my camera all charged up going into the shoot and not following uh, Michael's golden rule. We could even like maybe uh, Sydney wants to throw in like the golden rule here with like a ding, right? <laughs> Michael's golden rule. <laughs> ding. OK, I won't do it. Hang on. Hang on. Wait, you do it. You do like Michael's golden rule hands. And then uh, yeah. and then Sydney was going to put it after. But don't do the ding because she's going to do the ding. So it's just going to be like okay. kind of mime it. OK, OK, ready? like that nice good 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 yeah all right we'll go with that <laughs> i also think that we should sample you saying ding as the ding for every time we every ever time there's ever the a ding ding yeah <laughs> okay get a clean one yeah that one was probably fine but here i'll do a fresh one I'll do a fresh one ready okay Ooh, we got some vibrato out there is that a good ding okay all right that's, that's a hell of a ding, ding. All right, Sydney, that's the ding uh, going forward. But anyways, <laughs> we're wasting so much time. We have to get into NFTs eventually. You're right. Michael. You're right. You're right. Tell us your story. Go, go. Okay. So you got to charge your freaking camera battery the night before because the problem was going into this shoot, I forgot my camera battery at home because I had been charging it right before the shoot, right? I was at like 75% or something and I was like, oh, you know, I want to be all charged up. Uh, for my shoot and uh, left my freaking camera battery at home on the charger. I mean, I worked it out. I got in an Uber and uh, and rushed home and, and grabbed it before the, the live stream started. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, one to avoid and easily avoidable uh, charging your battery yeah. before and uh, and having a checklist of like the gear that you need to bring or like the things in a process. Very, very important. Would have uh, would have saved your brother, Jared, a lot of a lot of stress and the Uber driver too. I was stressing him out, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, and on a, on a related and unrelated note at the same time, like sometimes that gig isn't within the proximity and you can't make it back on time. So oh, you yeah, have exactly. to improvise, right? On uh, on episode one, I think I told the story about when I forgot my camera trigger for my first like apparel shoot oh. and I, it was too far. So I had to, to, luckily open uh, there were windows could you know pull back the curtains reveal reveal some light but you know that was an instance where you know you don't want to have to improvise on the spot and and, mm -hmm. and that's what i mean it's it's kind of unrelated because it you know we would go back in this scenario you're able to go back and and, and you're just means that you're late uh for that reason but um you know definitely you know that list is going to be super important for you um the last thing i wanted to mention on time management um, was, uh, something that I referred to earlier is communication. So, um, you want to make sure that of course, you know, you're going to align on time when you set up the gig, but uh, the week before the gig, you want to contact your client, 
Um, and then even the day of the morning of you want to just be touching base again. Hey, I'm going to see you. Hey, see you at 12. Hey, oh, yeah. see you at one, you know, that week before, maybe you're going to say like, Hey, just confirming we're on for, you know, a 12 o'clock on Monday. You know, you just want to keep that communication going, you know, sometimes it, and it does happen, you know, things are, are unexpected things come up um you know the client you know maybe isn't available maybe they were going to try and make that time and they were going to be late but they actually had some other commitments that they needed to put on that day as well jared was just talking about you know how it is and sometimes you know there's like this to-do list that you kind of put together um you know related to personal and, 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 and business activities and then that can also you know be a bombardment of tasks that can uh, tie back to you being late as well and that can happen for your client as well so sometimes it's it's even refreshing to be like hey you know just confirming are you still good for this time they might be able to because a month has passed now be like you know what is it okay if we do 12. now you're saving your client from being late which is going to stop uh help you guys not start late oh yeah as well that too I've definitely experienced that as well, where like I'm getting a little bit stressed out before a shoot and then I kind of, you know, even if it's like the week before, text the client and be like, hey, are we still on at this time? And then they're exactly in the same position and they're like, you know what? We <laughs> yeah. won't be ready by that time. And I was like, whoo, <laughs> thank It God. happens a lot. <laughs> it does. It does. Like we're all people, right? And and sometimes that's, uh, I feel like a big mistake that uh, freelancers make is like think that they're the only ones who are, are stressed out and, uh, and maybe need a little Little bit of extra time like in a lot of situations your client might need that too and keeping that uh keeping that communication open and and honest is uh is definitely a key part of it but i actually have a really really simple way uh to not be late and uh and i wanted okay. to share with everybody here really simple i don't know if it's as simple as like michael's golden rule of charging your cameras um, but maybe, maybe this is like Jared's golden rule of not being late. So maybe like Sydney could put it in here. I'll do the hands. <laughs> um, very magical. Uh, so here it is. Are you ready? Here's uh, here's Jared's golden rule of not being late. Try to be early. Yeah. Aim for being early. Yeah. The shoots that I've had the most confidence at the shoots where I felt the most like, in control of the situation are the ones where I got there before the client was there. You're sitting yeah. there on the stairs or whatever. You're sitting in the sun. You have a little bit of extra time to think about like what you want to do and how you want to do it. And you even can kind of like scout out the location as well. Right. Cause yeah. a lot of the times you're kind of like trying to plan something in your head the night before or whatever. And you just, you've never been to the location, get there early, try to get there like even half an hour early. Right. Like, is that really going to hurt you? No, it's going to, no. uh, yeah. And even don't, you don't even have to build a client for it. Just take that on as like, I'm here half an hour early. Well, you probably shouldn't <laughs> unless you agreed on yeah. it. Right. Don't, don't build a client for it. Just be, be there. Maybe, uh, maybe a half an hour early scout out the thing. And then once your client arrives, they're going to be so impressed right off the bat. You're here early. Maybe your tripod's even set up in the freaking parking lot or something, right? And it's like, boom, mm -hmm. this guy is is on top of this. And immediately, all of their worries, right? Again, we're talking about like the people who we work for, like they're still people. They still have stresses, right? Like they're not perfect either. And immediately, you're just putting them at ease. And they're going to be much easier on you at that shoot, right? They're going to be giving you maybe like an extra gin and tonic and uh and then pay their <laughs> pay their bill faster so that's right yeah no i think that's a really good uh tip to to kind of cap off this element of it which is you know 
really just aim to be early. Like you said, 30 minutes, I think is really good, especially, I think you were referring to events, um, in that example, they're like really important, you know, like Jared mentioned, you want to be able to go and scout out. And also if you have the opportunity, like if you're, if you're going to shoot, um, a ceremony, uh, something maybe tied to a, a wedding, um, you know, understanding where the things are going to happen, you know, where is, is, uh, where are they going to be coming in? Where's the dance going to happen? Where's the speech is going to happen? Having that understanding, um, in advance is going to help you out. And yeah, you know, maybe you don't build for it like Jared mentioned, but, but, um, you know, it's going to help you, like, it's going to relieve some of that stress and anxiety that you're going to have well, going if into it. If it's a wedding, you're going to be there more than half an hour early, I hope. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not before the... Right. No, no. I mean, like, the... Uh, uh, what do you call that? The part of it. So, the af after the ceremony, there is the reception. The reception, So, yeah. you Beer. still want to get there probably a little bit more. Uh, just because for that event specifically, there's going to be uh, quite a bit going on. But uh, oh, for yeah. general events, for, for your client gigs, yeah, definitely good rule to follow. So, thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, look at how long it's going to take you to get there. Uh, add an extra half an hour onto it at least. And uh, like your boy Jared said, you know, feel that way, uh, you know, you can be kind of prepared. But what if we talk about very, very quickly, you know, and I don't think there's as much to touch on here, but when you are late, so you yeah, are, okay, you, know, you okay. messed up or maybe worst it was case, out of your control. Worst case, Ontario, what, you're late. Worst case, Ontario. Yeah. So Jared, quick one tip, two tips. What do you give advice to this kid this person they showed up late whether regardless if it's their fault what are you telling them well first i would tell them to uh listen to the photography brothers on spotify <laughs> <laughs> itunes yeah. subscribe to the galaxy channel check out the growing photographer on youtube first of all okay all you kids out there that's the first step um the Come second on. step listen you're in this situation okay you're late listen listen um tim timmy listen timmy you're late here um your your camera's charged up you're ready to go and uh and here's what you need to do to address the situation so i'd say uh number one is if you're running late text your client you already realize yeah. that you're going to be late you're there on the streetcar it's going to relieve a lot of your stress and it's going to uh help the whole situation if you just come clean right away and just be like hey you know what i'm gonna be five ten minutes late whatever it is right i think that's yeah. uh number one when you finally get there again don't be sheepish don't shy away from the person like that makes it even weirder right just uh yeah as hard as it's gonna be like you are late you are gonna feel embarrassed but still you need to uh you know like we talked about with kashif when he came on the channel right or when he came on the podcast uh, mm -hmm. that that's a big thing. Even if you as a photographer <laughs> or videographer in the moment, like aren't feeling that confident, maybe, you know, as he talked about you, a battery died or something like that. So similar when you're late, still, you need to exude that confidence and you need to be in control of the situation. And again, be giving, uh, your client and the, the people there, like the, reassurance right that everything is going to be okay so i think that's really my advice is like right there like as soon as you realize that you're going to be late come clean on it when you get there just be like look sorry you know don't try to make excuses it is what it is mm -hmm. and then you'll be able to move on and uh you know a sharp a couple of sharp exhales as well you know like don't don't be in a panic because yeah. that's the worst thing that you can do is get there the worst case ontario 
is that you get there <laughs> is that you get there and you are panicked you're trying to like dodge the person you're like hiding from them your client like trying to pretend that you're not late <laughs> and stuff like, like yeah. they don't know and uh and then you're kind of fumbling with your gear and you're nervous trying to get shots and things like that so that's what you want to avoid yeah yeah i think you you basically touched on all the points there uh a smaller point don't try and set things up while you're driving <laughs> to compensate oh. <laughs> you get into an accident you're going to be way later than you were about to be so uh oh, you man. know don't uh don't try setting up your tripods and your and and, and uh calibrating your gimbal uh, on the do, yeah i'm picturing someone um, with his gimbal on the uh <laughs> passenger side seat like dialing it in like no, can you imagine like in. a c100 in the passenger seat just oh, trying god. to get that oh, oh god. god i wouldn't want to have to calibrate that in uh that's funny in man. a in a non-moving vehicle but um nope. yeah definitely you know uh, you know like jared mentioned try not to get into anxiety mode that's you know that's something it's kind of easy to say but yeah. breathing is so important um you know certainly you know the other the other day when i was in that scenario i was i was very anxious when i got there um really just you know i, I talked to somebody they reminded me to, to kind of just breathe and, and just remember um you know you're good at what you do just just focus on doing that um, you know, and, and I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, just the, the more you, f you focus on that anxiety, that pressure, the, the less you're gonna, you, you're gonna focus on, you know, that creative vision and the more you're going to get that panicked rushed work. And, you know, if you get three or four or less photos than you had intended, but the quality of work is really good, that's going to be a better demonstration of what you can do, especially if this is a first impression or a second impression. You want to be producing the best quality work. Um, also, when you're getting there, um, the last point would just be to apologize. Um, you know, like Jared mentioned, you don't want to be hiding uh, and uh, kind of like playing duck, duck, like goose and, and like, you know, moving around people and, and hiding from, from your client. You want to, you want to, you know, go up and address them and um, try to be prepared uh, and uh, just let them know, you know, I apologize. And you want to let them know that you value their time. Right. Um, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I think those are, are a few, definitely a few really good points there. So, so, so good that we'll, uh, we'll let them be the last word on this topic. I think it's time to get into the news. Oh yeah. Okay, um, so news time. Very excited about this one. It's something that is tied, I think, more so to uh, creative and art, uh, you know, in general. Uh, rather than fo uh, focus on photography uh, specifically, but it is a really interesting topic. It's something a lot of people are talking about right now. And uh, me and your boy Jared have been uh, looking into it a little bit. Uh, Jared, do you want to let us know what we're going to be talking about in the, in the news story today? Oh boy, Michael. There's been some topics. <laughs> There's been some topics. There's been some news stories here on Photography Brothers that have really let your brother Jared flex his research mu muscles. Uh, it's not great, but anyways, um, but the research muscles are good, even if the <laughs> arm muscles aren't. And, uh, and this topic, oh my God, you guys, it's, this has been, this has been rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And, uh, and I don't even think I'm the same person anymore after this new no. story here. Yeah. Today we're talking about NFTs, non- fungible 
tokens. And uh, here's the title of today's news story from uh, NBC, I'm pretty sure, the ones with the peacock there. People are paying millions for clips that can be viewed for free. So what the heck is going on? What the heck's going on right now, Michael? What are what are these NFTs and uh, and what all what is all this crazy business? These artists are becoming millionaires over weekends. Like, uh, what's what's the deal, man? Yeah, man. So NFTs, uh, like uh, like Jared just mentioned, are non refundable tokens. Non fungible. Um, non fungible tokens. Non-fun- are they non-fungible tokens? They're not. They're not fungible. I thought you were man. just playing around with the words. No, they not fungible. Non fungible. Mm-hmm. Right, non fungible. So, um, you know, if you are familiar with uh, some of the cryptocurrencies, a lot of people giving you a lot of advice on what to invest in. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> on, on Instagram. I'm sure you trust got the me. messages. <laughs> trust me, unicorn, unicorn currency. You got to buy in now, buy in early. But uh, yeah, the Doge coin. It's about that Doge coin. It's about that Doge coin, for sure. Uh, NFTs are kind of uh, playing in that field, but they're a little different. Um, so with NFTs, you um, in return you get pieces of art, you get memes, you get videos, but they're all unique. So um, when you get these things, it is. Only you who has them. Try to think of like Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon. Like you buy a pack of cards and then you get, you know, these cards in return. Now in Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon or whatever those card games were, you would get, you know, obviously, um, you know, some of these are duplicates. You get, you know, they're like a million Charizards out there. You get one and that is yours. And what's been really interesting is that depending on what you get, um, people have been actually reselling these things or trading um afterwards which is kind of what i look at as uh, an interesting parallel between you know trading card games growing up um but um yeah it's been interesting so just to mention a, a few of these things you know and to give you kind of a few examples of, of what you can kind of get when you when you purchase some of these things you know um there was a nyan nyan cat meme i think mm-hmm. everyone remembers <laughs> the nyan cat um, someone got that and they sold it for five hundred and eighty thousand mm-hmm. um, so, uh, dollars. So the artist sold the artist who uh, who invented Nyan Cat sold it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, LeBron John uh, LeBron James. Uh, I, I did a weird autocorrect in in my uh, in my writing here. So LeBron it's John's. LeBron LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James, <laughs> famous famous basketballist LeBron John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and a long sprinter for sure as well. Uh, as well. So LeBron James, there was, a, I guess, a dunk during a, a, a big crucial game in his career. Um, so there's an image that sold for $208,000. Mark Cuban. It's a video of a dunk. I think. It's a video of a dunk. Pretty sure. Uh, and then, but also, this one's kind of strange to me, but uh, a, there are tweets as well. So, the, you know, Mark Cuban had a tweet um, that was I, I guess it's some sort of a screenshot or something along those lines and so it was sold for just under a grand um so definitely uh some interesting perspective given there as to kind of the wide range of things that you might uh get but it really ranges from memes to artwork to to just like general pop culture references mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the, the big thing that uh, got my attention here and seems to be uh, driving a lot of the news stories and the, the news cycle around this right now was this auction uh, by the artist Beeple. So this is what actually brought it to mm -hmm. my attention here. Uh, and a lot of these headlines are talking all about Beeple and uh, the fact that he, in a weekend selling his art as crypto art, was able to make $3.5 million dollars. Uh, and then people are flipping his art after that for millions uh, per piece, like in some cases, like six yeah. million dollars, I think, uh, a piece there. Yeah, some somebody sold resold one of them for uh, six point six million dollars. So so what's going on here, guys? Like, how are how are people uh, making all of this money and, and what is. What's behind all of this? I really wanted to understand it. I mean, we see these headlines. We see Nyan Cat getting sold for hundreds of Ks. And we see freaking uh, Beeple who's making like weird political uh, art with like Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. But they're in like big mech suits and they're, like, they have like big nipples or whatever. And like Mickey Mouse is <laughs> drinking them or something like that. Right? Buzz Lightyear's there. Um, for some reason with like big gargoyle wings or whatever. I really like his art. I dig it. It's weird, but it's, yeah. uh, it's very cool art. Um, but, but what's going on here? Like how did this guy, uh, become a millionaire in a weekend and all of these other people trading around this, uh, crypto art. So that's what I dug into, uh, myself and I started researching this topic yesterday and, uh, I started with a little bit of a podcast by my man, Gary V friend of the podcast. Uh, Gary mm -hmm. Vanderchuk out there. I'm sure uh, he'll answer one of our emails one day. Uh, um. On the uh, <laughs> he's on the episode episode three twenty six three twenty six. Yeah, Gary, uh, Gary will be on. Yeah, yeah. after Hugh Jackman um, on yeah, uh, two yeah. ninety two or whatever we said. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll go sure. back. You can see it, but yeah, yeah. Sydney will <laughs> Sydney will double check uh, all of that stuff for us. But uh, Gary V was describing it, and he was basically saying that uh, you know, uh, should I try to do a Gary V? Where's my hat? Do I have a hat? Oh well. Anyways, you need a toke and AirPods. Yeah, yeah, I need to. I have the it AirPods. Be too much time invest. Too much time to invest. Just imagine I'm wearing a toke. I haven't been uh, this excited about something since Bitcoin. You got to jump on this right now. And uh, yeah, these NFTs are crazy. It's only going to take like 20 hours of research to understand it, though. And uh, most people are too much of idiots to do that. And they don't like to work hard. That's my Gary Vee impression. <laughs> I don't know why I made him kind can of I, a gremlin, but I don't have a hat. So I had to make up for it, I guess. Anyways, that's um, not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> so you, I think you I did. But you didn't touch on self-reflection or or. <laughs> Or the, blue, the or the blue check on Instagram and how you need to be on TikTok. Hey, you want to get a blue check on Instagram? Hey, get it on TikTok or else. <laughs> Gary Vee. <laughs> I don't know. Spot on, spot on. He, he'll never be well, on the show now, but there that's was okay. never a, There wasn't really a chance of him being on the show before, but now definitely not. Anyways, now yeah. we've assured it. Um, so, so he mentioned that it would take about 20 hours of research to like start to understand this stuff. And I think mm -hmm. I did. I think I did do that. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> this is uh, the thing that Michael uh, screwed up right away. Non-fungible tokens, <laughs> NFTs. Uh, the non-fungible thing is super important. So what that means basically is that uh, you you did get you did get it, the general principle though, right, Michael? I don't want to give you uh, don't want to give you too much crap here on the podcast. Right, you were right, right about the general principle that you have your Charizard card, and that Charizard card isn't like anybody else's Charizard card, right? 
Yeah. So that's the thing with uh, non-fungible tokens. So you have your token, which is very similar to having like uh, a Bitcoin or something like that, except that it's not fungible. So the thing about like a Bitcoin or even a Canadian dollar, it's fungible in that it could be traded for another one. They're basically yeah. interchangeable. If I have a loony and Michael has a loony, I can trade him my loony for his loony right? It's not like anyone's mm -hmm. going to get upset that like one of our loonies is worth more than the other one, right? So mm -hmm. Bitcoins uh, and most cryptocurrencies are actually the same uh, in that they're fungible. So if I have a Bitcoin and Michael has a Bitcoin, we could trade Bitcoins and no one would be upset about it, right? So a non-fungible right. token is like uh, kind of a certificate that says that you uh, own something, basically, right? And that yep. uh, the reason why you need like a blockchain and like a kind of crypto aspect to it is the way that that becomes legitimate is that uh, all of that data of who owns that thing is held on the blockchain. So that's kind of the thing that I wanted to break down and help everybody understand. So like, what does that mean? Um, that it's like legitimized uh, and that the data is held on the blockchain. Uh, and this is like the whole uh, root of cryptocurrencies and all of that type of stuff. So basically the best way to break it down is let's say that I want to buy Michael's Sony camera, right? Michael, how much are you gonna sell me your uh, camera for, buddy? Body only? Body, body only, man. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you your lenses. You can keep them. Uh, one grand. One grand. Okay, so I go on uh, my phone here. Um, grab my phone, and uh, here we go. So I'm gonna open up my banking app, and I send a grand to Michael. Right? Boom. Here's my grand uh, to Michael, and I paid a fee to send that grand of uh, two fifty to my bank. Okay, Michael, did you get my grand? I did. And I'm not giving you my camera, sucker. <laughs> I know where I know where you live. It's on the internet. Shit. <laughs> I feel like that's an ad for earpods as well, or AirPods or whatever, because you can run away from your pod host host when, uh, <laughs> when you... run away from deals. <laughs> run away from deals. So when I uh, when I picked up my phone and I definitely did uh, send Michael a thousand dollars there and paid my bank two fifty for the transaction. Uh, basically, the bank was the intermediary, and the reason why Michael got his thousand dollars and I don't have a thousand dollars anymore is because the bank is there to register that transaction, right? Mm -hmm. They have, like a, they have a bunch of computers. They have a network at the bank, okay? So here's the difference. You wanna do Bitcoin, right? You wanna do cryptocurrency, get rid of the bank, put in the blockchain. The blockchain, just a bunch of computers of people all over the world. Now you have a decentralized way to exchange currencies. And uh, in this case here with um, uh, non-fungible tokens is that uh, you are able to register the fact that you own this Beeple or you own Niancat on the blockchain, right? It's like your account is associated with it. And you can actually see as well the whole uh, list of transactions, like everybody who's ever owned it. So if you're one of these people who's bought a Beeple later on, uh, all of those uh, transactions will be registered and legitimized on the blockchain. Does that make any sense? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad it makes sense. Um, it actually gets a little bit more complicated than that, though. 
So with this uh, non-fungible tokens, they are, again, they're working on the blockchain, but it's something a little bit different because uh, these aren't basically working with Bitcoins. They're working with something called Ethereum, right? Have you heard of Ethereum mm -hmm. before? When I read the article. <laughs> and Ethereum is a cryptocurrency, right, Michael? That is correct. No, you should. No, it's not. It's the platform. It's the platform. I was luring you into a trap. <laughs> yeah, you try. You should, no, no, it's the platform that you use to trade for it. Ah, there we go. Yes. So, uh, yes, right. um, Ethereum is basically like a, a platform for building stuff, uh, and the uh, Ether is actually the uh, cryptocurrency of Ethereum, which is very interesting. Uh, and also, an interesting thing I learned is that. Uh, it was Ethereum was created by a Canadian Russian dude uh, in 2015. His name is I'm sure I'm going to screw this up, Vitalik Butrin. So yeah, and he is uh, super young man. I think he's probably your age. How old are you? Uh, Thirteen. You're <laughs> twenty-six. Oh, he, I think he's twenty-seven. <laughs> so uh, so pretty close to uh, Michael uh... Costa's age. Um, yeah. So you're a little yeah. bit behind this guy, man. You haven't started any uh, blockchain platforms uh, backed by cryptocurrencies yet, as far as I know. But uh, maybe the photography brothers will be uh, launching our own. Uh, stay, stay tuned that's for that. Right. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah. that's that's what Ethereum is all about. And when I say build things, I mean uh, art auctions uh, in this example. But there's also a ton of other stuff that people are working on building with Ethereum. Uh, there is a uncensored version of Twitter that people are building on Ethereum. Uh, there is a payment gateway, essentially like a uh, so that pretty soon you'll basically be able to have a debit card that has cryptocurrency on it, and you can just spend that. Um, so they're oh, working yeah. on that type of project. And uh, one of the first things they ever worked on um, uh, that was on the uh, Ethereum network or on the Ethereum platform uh, was this thing called CryptoKitties. And uh, we might get into that a little bit later, but it's basically a online game where you can uh, trade and grow, I guess, and whatever, uh, like virtual cats. So okay. whole whole range there uh so now you understand kind of uh a little bit of the science behind it right like the uh how is the, how this stuff is working how these things are legitimized how someone has come to own the nyan cat or a beeple right because it's like legitimized by all of these computers on a network and that's essentially the same thing as a bank so now you guys get it um and it's also a little bit like trading cards uh as michael was saying do you uh do you collect any trading cards or collectibles or any stuff like that michael uh actually funny enough when the pandemic started uh it started uh teaching my girlfriend how to play Yu-Gi-Oh. so it was interesting oh, cool, to get man. back into oh, that so I, I got some uh got some cards back you know some some dark magicians and some uh red eyes black dragons mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. nice man that's cool that's cool yeah yeah any yeah. of that stuff uh very valuable uh i don't think so no maybe some of the older cards i used to have um like i used to have like some of the old uh, egyptian gods and stuff like that if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan give me give us a thumbs up because you know you know getting a, a, an egyptian god back in the day now there's you can buy one for I'm five sure. bucks. There's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh but... fans that listen to this podcast. I am certain. I'm certain. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
yeah, I've never been a, a big collector. I've got some comic books and stuff like that. Um, I don't find mm -hmm. them. Uh, I don't think that they're super valuable. Probably the most valuable collectible that I have is right here. I have this uh, original Yoda puppet. Uh, I believe he's from 1980 some. Yeah, 1981. Uh, this here wow. Yoda puppet, and uh, he definitely definitely smells old. But uh, they <laughs> could probably sell him for like 500 bucks or something like that. But uh, anyways, um, I did I did look into just to kind of contextualize this because you look at these headlines and you see things like uh Beeple making 3.5 million grimes making 6 million logan paul was making 3.5 million too selling pokemon cards wow. of himself and stuff and like video clips of him yeah. opening pokemon cards right you're like looking at this and you're like what like how could any how could any of this be said to have value or like what the heck is this right like what uh where, what is the value of this and what is this kind of being based in and then that really helped me wrap my head around it i mean it is a lot like art right because they're uh like the scarcity in the art market is what creates art valuable um there's only yeah. one van gogh's starry night there's only one original mona lisa right and that's the things that give these like their uh incredible uh, incredible values. And, uh, so that kind of helps, uh, contextualize things for me. I'm like, okay, that's why something could be worth like, you know, $200,000 or whatever, if it's like a piece of art. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the trading card thing that you brought up is a really good example, man. And, uh, you look into the value of some of these things. Uh, what do you think is the most expensive, uh, like trading card that's ever been, um, sold, man? Oh, man. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, two guesses. One, I'm gonna say like some form of a Charizard card. Um, the other guess would be been expensive Charizard, probably yeah. like a Wayne Gretzky or or something like that. Yeah, like so those are card. those are good guesses, man. Pokemon cards are uh, are some of the most valuable. I mean, definitely more than uh, more than Digimon. <laughs> more than more <laughs> I miss than Digimon. Oh man, I had I had some sick Digimon. I had a lot of Pokemon cards back in the day too. I actually uh, at my um, my school at my elementary school, I won a contest for a bunch of Pokemon cards, and then I buried what? them in uh, a playground. I was a weird kid, man. I was a weird kid. Anyways, everybody what? wanted them, and I was just like, I'm going to bury these, and I just like secretly buried them in the playground. I don't even really understand have, why I did that. Maybe that could have been. Have you dug them I, up? Uh, I might go back. They're back in Timmins, man. So maybe I'll go back in Timmins and dig them up. But I didn't do it in like a bag or nothing. I just put them right in the ground. So they'd be pretty like screwed up by now. <laughs> but Is maybe that like holes and like. <laughs> yeah, man, there could be like half a million yeah. dollars of Pokemon cards down there getting eaten by worms. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's a good guess, man. Uh, and it's funny that you said uh, Charizard specifically. There was a Charizard that went uh, in 2020 for, uh, well, aptly enough, I guess. Uh, 220k uh, was sold wow. to the rapper Logic. Um, that's not the most expensive Pokemon card. There was a Blastoids that's been sold since then for 360k. And the funny thing wow. is, people people think that Logic bought that one too, but they did it under like an alias because that's how a lot of people are doing these now. So people don't know it's them. They'll like create an infrastructure to uh, to buy these things, which is nuts. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, that is not the most expensive trading card either, though. You'd think 360k would be a lot. Magic the Gathering, Michael, the Black Lotus oh. card of Magic the Gathering, uh, went for 500,000 USD, bud, 
which is freaking nuts. Apparently, it gives you. Uh, I talked to my friend uh, Dylan, who uh, big big Magic the Gathering uh, guy, Dylan out there. Shout out Dylan, and uh, he out. said it gives it gives you uh, an advantage at the beginning of uh, of your game, um, but still, that is not the most expensive card. There is a baseball card was the most expensive thing Ooh. that I could find. Uh, Mickey Manti card was sold in twenty twenty for five point two million dollars. Wow, wow, it's freaking wild, man. So when you see things like that, and then you compare it to you know an artist like Beeple. Uh, I mean, he's the most expensive work that he sold was 160,000 um, in his uh, weekend auction where he took uh, 3.5 million that we talked about earlier. Uh, but you know, comparing that to the art market and comparing that to the, these like other forms of collectibles, I think it does kind of start to make sense, right? I yeah. Mean, other than other and than I, the Logan Paul ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a question for you. Yeah, uh, Jared. You did a, a good amount of research here, and, Thanks, and there's man. one question that I had while kind of looking through, and I don't know that it was necessarily answered. Um, you now I understand that a lot of these things, you know, so uh, you own the the visual or or, or the visual property oh, yeah. of that currency, right? But but here's my question then: is like when you have something that is, for example, a LeBron dunk or uh, a ni um, or if it's a something that is like a tweet or, or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So unless it's sold by the actual owner or the actual uh, executor of that thing, like, you know, LeBron who did the dunk or, or Cuban who put out the tweet, mm -hmm. is is there a gray line with the actual like royalties and rights and and how does that work on that end? Oh, dude, I love that question. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was definitely something that uh, in researching all of this, that was like sticking out to me and I was trying to wrap my head around that, right? Like how, yeah. what does this mean in terms of like when some, even just to say like someone bought the people, right? Like what does that yeah. mean? Sure, they have this like crypto thing that like some network somewhere says that they own it, right? But like, what does that really yeah. mean? And uh yeah kind of like anything with uh with like rights and and whatnot i guess it's not like super super well established uh and this isn't just a problem in the crypto space we've talked on this very podcast about that being like a huge issue that was like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars going around in court cases and stuff with the the very uh missed what would you call him john lebron johns <laughs> Le uh, LeBron, LeBron. <laughs> oh, dude, man, LeBron James, you got to come up with. Uh, I know LeBron James listened to the podcast, and you got to come up with your own line of long johns, brother. I don't know why I never, no one ever thought of that. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, LeBron Johns, LeBron. Johns. LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, uh, I'm gonna make an NFT of us inventing LeBron Johns on the podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna sell it 100%. for ten thousand dollars. Um, yeah, so to, to answer your question, man, um, it's it's basically works like this. So let's say that you buy the Beeple, right? Mm -hmm. You have the rights to display that in your house. You have that rights uh, to display that on your social media. And you have like bragging rights that you're the owner of that art piece. In most cases, okay. like especially with something like Nyan Cat, the rights aren't taken away from like, free distribution of that so like 
probably you and I can still post a Nyan cat and not get in trouble. I'm going to put a Nyan cat. Yeah. We'll test it. I'm going to put a Nyan cat right here. I mean, Sydney will. Sydney, put a Nyan cat over here, okay? There's a Nyan cat right here. Nyan cat. All right? So if this stays up, then it will prove my theory that uh, that the rights um, don't uh, violate uh, our ability to share these things around. It's mostly like a status thing, man. It's mostly like, you know, you have that token that says that you own it in the same way that you could like own uh, a piece of art. But going back to the point of it kind of being a little bit wishy-washy and not fully understood, I was like an hour and a half into a podcast where Beeple was being interviewed. And it was really interesting what he said about the guy who bought a bunch of his art and it was like one person who bought a lot of the uh a lot of the stuff in the auction eh? and uh oh. he said that then uh he was contacted by that person who bought a lot of the stuff in the auction and basically that that guy explained to people how he was creating more value in that art and that he was creating like a vr gallery that people could come and and watch it in and i was listening to people kind of being like oh and i never even said his name uh mike mike wankerman i think is his name is that his name that's a terrible name. Winkleman. <laughs> Mike Winkleman. <laughs> Wankerman. I, I, he's not going to ever come on our podcast either. Um, anyways, <laughs> Mike Wink Winkleman, otherwise uh, known as Beeple. He was basically describing that he wasn't even really into that idea of like the way that that guy was putting it into VR or whatever the heck he was doing with it. But apparently he had the, uh, the rights to do so. So, yeah, I don't know if that really helps uh, answer your question, man, but... But that's all it really is, is kind of like a token that says that you own it and you have like the you have like the status, the bragging rights of uh, of owning a Beeple, you know, and you can post it on your thing and display it in your right. VR gallery, I suppose. Yeah. And so you can resell that that loan asset for the same purpose, but I yes. guess you can't resell it as like a widespread royalty free image. Like that's not yours to do that way is, is kind of how I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. It's more like you said, like a bragging, right? Or yeah. something that you can personally use and display within mm -hmm. your home or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think you're getting like ownership rights. Like, and in fact, I yeah. know that, uh, that Beeple still gets paid royalties every time that someone like sells a piece of his art. That's something that's like automatically done through the blockchain, which is another wow. reason why this stuff is awesome. Uh, that he automatically mm -hmm. gets paid royalties if it's ever resold, which a lot of these were, right? Like some people bought something for like 200K, turned around and flipped it for like $5 million. Wow. Yeah. Not sad. Well, here, so here's my question for you now. So if Beeple still op owns that artwork, can he not continue to just resell it or I guess not within the currency. He can resell it maybe like outside of, of that format, but it's not going to be categorized as like that token or that um, uh, that currency in, in like in the way that it's we're kind of speaking to. Yeah, he'd, I guess. he'd be, Does it affect he'd be his violating ability? the he'd be violating the contract, I think, if he did that. Yeah. I think once you've sold it. If he it, were to re enter it into the yeah. currency or if he were to yeah, the way I think it works, man, is like you've basically converted that artwork into an NFT. And if you were trying to like sell sell it again outside of that, like that's that's really violating uh, the contract and really violating what this whole thing is all about. So I don't think that you'll okay. see maybe maybe people will try stuff like that, but it's going to be like highly, highly fraudulent uh, if they do. OK. All right. Yeah. And then the other issue around this, um, you know, 
is the the whole idea of like is this just a huge bubble people are gonna mm -hmm. you know from the like we're not investors here right uh me and michael i don't own a lot of stocks uh, do you i i do own stocks yeah. oh nice okay so michael's more of a yeah. more of an investor than me i am invested in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but you know there's uh <laughs> There's a lot of people trying to get rich quick right now, and uh, this can be kind of an alluring thing. And I do, from my perspective, after you know researching this over the last couple of days pretty heavily, like I do think that it's really cool. I think uh, you know it's really interesting from like an artist perspective that this is giving artists, you know, like Beeple, who's been posting every day for uh, 13 years, by the way, to uh, to finally make some money, right? And uh, yeah. before he was selling his artworks for like a dollar or even I think he said the most he ever sold it for was like a thousand bucks before this, before this auction where he made three and a half million dollars. So yeah. in that sense, I really like it. But like, are there some people who are going to go kind of betting on these things and lose a lot of money, um, you know, buying a Nyan cat and maybe it doesn't turn out Nyan cats worth as much as you think it is or a Logan Paul trading card, you know, might not be. I think Logan Paul is a secret <laughs> genius, by the way, but uh, we'll get into that on another episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just just uh, definitely one one aspect where this can be controversial. Um, I think it's going to change uh, a lot for artists, but I also think that, you know, just like any big uh, investment thing, like people are going to, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers, right? There's going to be people who make a lot and uh, and there's going to be people who, uh, who lose their house over this, just like any cryptocurrency yeah. or any investment, right? Mm -hmm. You could do the same with Pokemon cards. Yeah. So I think just like, like, you know, if you're, if you're familiar with trading, if you're not, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of like what Jared mentioned earlier and on what, uh, Gary V, Gary V mentioned, like, just make sure you do your homework. Like, yeah. you know, a, a lot of this is going to be kind of hard to measure, especially with it being such a new thing. Um, but, uh, really, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's interesting. We're here, we're talking about it because it's, it's top of mind right now for a lot of people and it's, it's making headlines, but um, do be safe do, uh, with your money, uh, be careful with it and, um, you know, just, uh, do, do as much research as you possibly can to, to understand mm -hmm. it, you know, take what you've learned here and then try to expand on that knowledge before you go out and spend $20 million on a, on a Le Le LeBron James tweet or something like that. Yeah. And that's another thing that, uh, that kept coming up, n not only in my research for this, but it's definitely come up in my life, you know, uh, and in business, like working with business coaches and just talking to smart people in business that can give you advice. <laughs> Normally they'll say stuff like don't invest in things that you don't understand. Right. You should yeah. invest in things that you believe in, I think is, is ultimately, uh, the takeaway. So, you know, like I like people, I like his art. I, I would love to own a piece of his, uh, you know, a piece of his collection here. Um, I don't have $6 million, so I guess I'm too late. I'll have to wait <laughs> for something else. I know you guys are shocked, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, invest in things that you believe in. So if there's an artist that you like, or there's a company that you use, you know, I'm shooting on a Canon camera right now. I would definitely, uh, throw a little bit of money behind Canon stock, uh, if I had a little bit of mm -hmm. extra money around. And it's, it's something that I'm going to get into as well, is this investing stuff. And that's really the takeaway here is that like these, uh, these headlines and whatever, it is cool to, to think about this stuff. 
Um, but this is also serious. Like this is also, this could potentially be the future of how artists make money on the internet. So as much as it is yeah. just like a headline grabbing thing, uh, I, I think it's something that uh, deserves our attention and uh, deserves your attention as a listener. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I, we messed up a bunch of stuff explaining crypto stuff today. Um, but uh, know, that, know that we did our best, right, Michael? That is right. We, we also are, this is not the, the crypto brothers podcast so just try and keep that that's our other podcast the financial crypto podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh man let's let's keep that one on the back burner for now yeah 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 Yeah. for sure for sure if you guys have any uh, any questions or, or if there are like you know like jared mentioned if there's something that we messed up Leave that down in the comments section below. Let us know what we got wrong, what there's, what else is uh, additional information that's that's good to know for anyone who might uh, be interested in doing this. Yeah, um, and I, then, I, um, I got and a good then, yeah. one too. I got a good one for comments. Go if, for it. Uh, what Michael said as well. If uh, if we got anything wrong, definitely let us know about that. If you're a crypto expert here, uh, I would love to talk to somebody. I'd love to try to understand this stuff a little bit better. Maybe even the photography brothers are going to come up with uh, an NFT. You know, we've got some good clips. We got some good songs on here. Uh, maybe we'll be coming out with our own uh, our own offering. So look look out for that. Uh, and the other thing is, I just want to uh, I want to thank you, Michael. I want to thank you for delving into the topic here, for uh, for being a true photography brother, and uh, and for tackling this uh, this news story here because this this wasn't an easy one, man, but definitely one that uh, definitely one that was eye opening for for your brother Jared. Yeah, man. No, I mean, thank you. You <laughs> you you had uh, a lot of the information, so it was good. Uh, you know, I did a little bit of research here, but. Uh, it's good. It, it's good to, to learn a lot more for, about it. And, and, uh, thank you for, for taking the lead, man. Very eye opening, very eye opening. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, going back to the, uh, the comment section there, I forgot what my point was. Put yourself a comment. If, uh, if there's a good investment, a good investment mm-hmm. that you've got, you've gotten in on, early and uh, and actually made money maybe you've bought some pokemon cards maybe you've bought some uh logan paul uh clips of him opening pokemon cards maybe you uh have some uh what did i say crypto kitties maybe you got a crypto kitty crypto kitties you got a yep. crypto kitty and you're balling out here with a crypto kitty uh so let us know all about that stuff down there uh, we've already thanked Michael. We've already thanked me. We need to thank Sydney for editing the podcast. Uh, and we need to thank 50 Cent uh, for... Yes. For... Um, Lollipop. Getting, oh, getting, that was Lil Wayne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll also thank Lil Wayne for Lollipop as well. I'm pretty sure that was Lil Wayne. Is it? Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lil yeah, Wayne. Yeah. I, I was thinking of, can, what is it, Candy Shop? Candy Shop. Candy, Candy Shop. Shop. That was 50 Cent. Yeah. 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 That was maybe, like maybe later. Maybe that's the next music adaptation that we do for the intro. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I'll take you to the photo bros. Anyways, oh, whatever. Bros. <laughs> 
We're gonna. Oh uh, boy. Oh man. Never mind. Never mind. We'll work on it. We'll work yeah, on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll work uh, it yeah. We don't want. To, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um. So that's the show. Uh. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, our audience. Thank you, Sydney. And uh, we will be back here next week, as always, with another thrill ride of an episode of Photography Brothers. Thank you so much. Thank you.